Welcome to the White Coat Life Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Certified Coach Paula White, MD. If you're a physician in academic medicine looking for skills to understand and take control of your experiences, both in work and out, this is a great place to start. Well, hello, everyone. We're back. I have to admit, it's been a little nice to have one less responsibility every week, but I've definitely missed this. Putting out a podcast every week exercises a part of my brain that I just don't use in any other part of my job or my life. Challenges are hard, but they're good for us. So, want to know what I was working on that took over all my free time? I've been training for a marathon. At the time I'm recording this, the marathon hasn't actually happened yet, but I'm through the hardest of the training and just tapering from here. Of course, you never really know what the future holds, but barring any accidents, dangerous weather, or other unforeseen circumstances, this is happening. Since I'm a very slow runner, marathon training has been a huge time commitment for me. And as the mileage started ramping up, it just meant hours and hours every week. And combining that with the amount of physical and emotional energy it requires, just the right thing to do was to put this on pause until I could devote the proper amount of time and effort to it again. And here we are. Here's a funny thing. So you know how Facebook sends you memories sometimes? The other day, it sent me a memory from late September, 11 years ago, which was the year that I started running. And the memory was that I had posted I was closing out September having run 41 miles. Nothing crazy, but pretty solid for a newbie not training for anything in particular. So it made me curious about how much more I did this September training for a marathon. I added it all up and I ran 130 miles this September. So whatever happens on race day, I'm really happy with my effort. Okay, let's get to the topic, quiet quitting. It's been a bit of phenomenon the last few years, not surprisingly, given how complicated and difficult life has been recently, especially in healthcare. This is one of those topics where I didn't do much research before I started writing because A, what I want to share is opinion, and I don't need to read what other people have written to do that, and B, I don't want to accidentally plagiarize if similar sentiments were found in anything I'd read. So I just confirmed that the definition is what I thought it was, and it is. Quiet quitting is when you continue to do the minimum expectations of your job, but nothing extra. No going the extra mile. So the first question to ask is, why is this a problem? I'm going to give you a spoiler. If you think you're quiet quitting, I do think it's a problem for you, but we'll get to that. So again, if you're doing the minimum expectations of your job, why is that a problem? It's right there in the definition that you are meeting the job expectations. It's pretty unlikely that someone could get fired for quiet quitting using that definition, at least not justifiably. I mean, sure, your employer might not be happy about it. They might be quite unhappy if you used to be doing way, way more than what was required and now you're not anymore. You certainly could get a poor performance evaluation if there's a measurable way to show a lower or lesser output now compared to before. But if you're fulfilling your job expectations to the point that your job remains reasonably secure, that's not a you problem, right? That's a problem for your employer. And isn't it a good thing for you? Think about it. You're expending less energy at work. Well, that's good. We all need more energy. 
you're probably a lot less stressed about work if you're not taking on extra stuff. Less stress is certainly good. You might be working fewer hours. Well, hey, who wouldn't want more free time? But here's the thing. People who believe that they are quiet quitting often, well, probably usually, don't feel good about it at all. It's not uncommon that they feel angry, bitter, spiteful, guilty, withdrawn, disengaged, disconnected, isolated, all sorts of unpleasant things. You might be thinking, well, sure, but it's not the quiet quitting that made them feel that way. It's the other way around. They're burned out and have some or all of those feelings and those lead to quiet quitting. To which I say, maybe and sort of. The reason this is a problem for you is, of course, because of the way you're thinking. Join me on a little illustration. I'm going to use some gross generalizations just to show points. You and I both know perfectly well that these descriptions and characteristics are not meant to apply to everyone in those categories. But let's think about work ethic, and I'm putting that in air quotes here. Work ethic and baby boomers and Gen X compared to millennials and Gen Z. Boomers and Gen X are thought to have very strong work ethics, and sometimes they have scorn for millennials and Gen Z since millennials place a higher value on things like flexibility and balance, and Gen Zers are very assertive in getting or creating those same things from their employment options. Think about all of the conflict this has created in medical education. I'm sure I've mentioned this here before. On one of my gen surge rotations in med school, I regularly woke up at 3.30 in the morning and was at the hospital pre-rounding no later than 4.30 because the expectation was that medical students would have pre-rounded on every single very sick patient, including handwriting all the notes since there was no EMR, and have all of that done before the 6 a.m. team rounds. No, we didn't like it. And also, no, we didn't question it, mostly because there wasn't an outlet for that. I mean, unless you were actually being physically abused or sexually harassed, chances are a complaint like that would just get you branded as a troublemaker. And also, there was a warped sense of pride that came from it. Look at me. Look at how hard I'm working. So then, when the Gen Xers are the teaching faculty and the millennials started saying, hey, that's ridiculous. Well, you know darn well, there were lots of folks feeling like, oh, those millennials are just lazy. They don't want to work like we did. I'm Gen X, and I know I've been guilty of falling into our stereotype from time to time. And then came Gen Z, who were like, yeah, no, here's what our reasonable expectations for medical students, and that's what we're going to do. So Just for a moment, let's pretend there weren't other factors at play like duty hour restrictions and clearer rules and guidelines in clerkship handbooks, not to mention the concept of a just culture. Disregard for the moment all of that stuff and just look at the influence of the different generations. And even forget generations, just make it two med students on the same rotation with the same handbook, but one with a Gen X type of mindset and one with more like Gen Z. The Gen X mindset person is going to fulfill the requirements, and there's a decent chance they'll find themselves doing extra stuff too. If they then scale back to the minimum requirements, they're likely to feel a little guilty at best. The Gen Z mindset person is going to do exactly what the handbook says they need to do, and they're not going to feel an obligation to do more. 
they might choose to do more if it's something that's really interesting to them or might give them some sort of extra benefit in their career pathway. But by doing what the handbook says and not more, that student isn't quiet quitting. One huge reason for this is they weren't doing more and then scaled back, but also it was never a value for them to do more in the first place. There's no anger, guilt, bitterness, any of those things. And even someone who was doing more but realized it wasn't really necessary and then scaled back, that person could do it and not have any negative feelings about it. The reason is that these people are acting in a way that's congruent with their personal value system. When we behave in a way that supports our values and beliefs, we feel good, not bad. Which brings us back to why quiet quitting is a problem for you. If you have a belief that you're engaging in quiet quitting, well, by definition, it means you're behaving in a way that's contrary to your personal values. And the reason you know this is because if you were acting in concordance with your values, you wouldn't even be thinking about it. It wouldn't have a name. It wouldn't be something you thought or talked about it. I mean, think about it. If you're just doing the job the way you think you should be doing your job, do you sit around and give that a name? No, it just doesn't even get your attention. You might have some pride if you do something above and beyond and you like your reasons for it. But aside from that, it doesn't even get a blip. But anytime you're behaving in a way that's discordant with your core belief system, it's going to feel lousy in one way or another. It might not feel lousy in the moment, but at some point it will have an impact. The negative feelings aren't specifically because of what you are or aren't doing. They're because of your thinking about it. Somewhere in your brain, you think you're doing something wrong to some degree. Let's break it down to something really, really basic. You get hired to make widgets. Your job description says you are to make 20 widgets a day, five days a week. You have a set salary. Make your 100 widgets per week and you're meeting your job requirements. Not meeting that goal and well, some sort of consequence is assigned. There are no provisions in your contract for incentives. There's no penalty for playing on your phone at work and stuff like that as long as you get your 20 widgets a day. After a few days on the job, you realize you can pretty easily make 22 and you start doing so. It's easy. Why not? Boss notices, says, hey, great job. Keep it up. You do this for a few weeks and on your next paycheck, nothing has happened. You talk to your boss. Great. You're doing really great. Love what you're doing. No, we're not going to pay you anymore. Or you easily make your 20 a day and notice that a coworker is struggling a little bit. You spend some time coaching them on their technique and they get better. The new colleague is happy because now they can meet their goal. You're happy because that was kind of fun and helping people is always nice. The boss notices and says, hey, great job. Can we send folks to you for training when they need a little extra help? And no, we can't pay you more. Sorry. So what do you do next? It boils down to four basic options, really. One is that you quiet quit. You tell yourself a story about how unappreciated you are. Well, screw all them. I'm not doing any of that extra stuff anymore. The result is that you're fulfilling your job description and you've made yourself very grouchy. Option two, you keep doing the extra thing because it meets some value you have or a need that you feel is important to get met but you perseverate about how you either shouldn't have to do this or should be compensated for it, and you wallow in that. 
the result, you're doing extra and you're grouchy about it. So we probably don't want to choose option one or two, right? I mean, not if we're taking the time to think through the options and deliberately pick our path. So how about three? You do the calculation and you find that the reward you feel for doing the extra thing is benefit enough and worth the extra energy expenditure. You really like teaching the newbies and you're just going to keep doing it. In which case, it would definitely be in your best interest to do some work on your thoughts to make sure they're giving you supportive emotions, not bitter ones. The result you're aiming for, you're doing the exact amount of work that you choose to do and you're happy with that. Or four, you do the calculation and you find you don't really feel much reward for doing the extra thing and you're not going to do it anymore. The result you're aiming for there is that you go back to just fulfilling your job description and you feel good about it because you've chosen a path that's in line with your values. This is where the skill of coaching is critical. Without the ability to look at things in an unemotional, purely logical and rational way, and separate out the thoughts from the facts, it's really easy to get sucked into quiet quitting mentality. It takes practice and skill to look at all this and decide, I'm not doing this because I value my energy reserves, and doing this extra thing depletes them without giving me what I need in return, so it's just a no. And there's no emotional drama needed. I don't need to resent anyone. I don't need to believe I'm doing this to be spiteful. I can just believe I'm saying no because that's what's best for me. Having this mentality versus quiet quitting, it's a lot cleaner. It doesn't eat away at your soul. So to get to that, does it mean you need to change your values? If your baseline is that you value hard work and going the extra mile, and then you decide not to do that, Can you avoid the emotional dissonance without becoming someone who has a totally different set of values? Yes, you can. You just have to be willing to do some work on why you value those things and when and about what. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. And of course, those four are not the only options. You can absolutely prove your case and negotiate. You can also find a different job that offers compensation for the things that you think are important in a way that makes sense to you. And you can do either of those things from a place of empowerment, which feels a whole lot better than approaching it from a place of bitterness. The great thing about a career in academic medicine is there are enough variations out there that at least to some extent, you get to choose your own adventure. And you also reserve the right to change your mind if you decide that adventure isn't for you after all. Have a great week, everyone. I will see you back next time. Opinions or views on this podcast or on my website are my own and should not be attributed to my employer.